Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Strevens. Joining me on the show this evening was Trisha Kimmy. Uh, Trisha is actually a journeyman electrician by trade and a farmer. She lives outside of Edmonton. Uh, but currently she's beginning work as a, as a spiritual guide. And, uh, you know, in, in her words, that's, that's, that's the word she uses, but there's a lot that goes into that. I would encourage you to check out her website uh, to get a better picture of the service that she offers. You know, she, she helps people heal. Uh, she, you know, she doesn't do the healing for them, uh, you know, but she helps them to begin that healing process. Um, this was, a, this was an interesting conversation is about the best I can say. I really enjoyed it. Uh, she shared a lot of her life story, uh, the, the trauma and the, um, you know, the, the journey that she's been on to get to where she can now begin to help people, which is, uh, kind of a theme for this show, isn't it? Is people that have, have, have gone through hell and, and rise above to start maybe uplifting others if such a thing were possible. So I would really encourage you to hang on for this one. She, she, she laid out her life story and we, then we got into some really interesting stuff. I thought a little bit of conspiracy type stuff surrounding COVID, uh, which is fine. It's going to come up. It always does. Um, yeah, keep an open mind and enjoy this one. Uh, a really interesting lady, um, definitely someone who knows who she is and where she, what she's capable of, and and really by the end, uh, a reminder that you know the, the potential of the human self is infinite, uh, the depth of the soul is infinite, and and to we have to tap into the, the energy of the universe to uh, begin the revolution. So please enjoy this conversation with Trisha Kimmy. Trisha, welcome to the uh, North Bank Media Podcast. It's good to finally have you on after some uh, scheduling issues, but uh, <laughs> some, yeah, some some physical difficulties. Yes, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. I, I guess we should ask: Is how's your son doing? I, I did mention that he he had a bit of a fall. He's you know kids being kids, right? Yes. No. Um, we were actually at a farm to table function, and the kids were playing on the hay bales, and there mm-hmm. happened to be like a sea can over there, and so they were jumping off the sea can. And Neil thought he could do it too, and he went to jump off of it, but he caught his toe on like the lip where the door oh. is, and like fell. So, um, <laughs> so he ended up breaking both arms, <laughs> but he didn't break his face or his neck. So that was good. Um, good. Yeah, he actually just got his because um, his. Uh, his left arm was like above the, the above the elbow cast and he just got that down to below the elbow so now he has two below the elbow cast so hopefully two three weeks max will be will okay. be done okay oh so that, that seems pretty quick yeah well she said five weeks max and okay it's been, i guess it's been two weeks now so okay still yeah. when it comes to homework does that mean you're you're doing the homework for him or yeah, no, they're, it's, it's super fun, actually. Yeah. He's definitely taking advantage of the fact that he can't have fully access to his hands. So, yeah, it's 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 fun for all of us. Yeah, it's, I, it's an interesting journey that we're on right now. No, no kidding. And I guess as, as a mom, there's probably a bit of uh, real deep kind of pain seeing your, your kid in that kind of pain, but also, you know, you want him to persevere on his own. Well, he is a very fast kid. Like he likes to do everything fast and hyperspeed mode. So this has <laughs> definitely been like a message to like slow mm. down and like think before he does things. No kidding. Which I think he 
kind of got that message like maybe right after and now he's like trying to go full blown again and he's like oh i'm jumping on the trampoline i'm like no you're not stop Uh-oh. stop that right now <laughs> that's interesting so, I, I mean yeah i mean i guess it takes a few of those repeated experiences to really learn at that age yes well he's six so oh, he's, he's six oh he's really young okay yeah i know he's super young yet so he um well it's kind of actually lucky because he won't have to have surgery because his bones aren't fully developed oh, there yet okay. so he'll his body will heal beautifully which i was super happy about <laughs> nice. but yeah no he just wants to go 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 so. well i was when i was in grade seven i broke my wrist uh in june and then grade eight i broke my collarbone <laughs> skateboarding oh, that would be a hard uh, one. Yeah, it's, and I was kind of a big heavy kid so it was easy to break bones but what I was told was that bones especially when you're young they heal they heal back stronger oh okay I didn't know that they're gonna heal back stronger but I'm on board for that for sure <laughs> I'm also not a doctor so don't don't take my word for it. <laughs> just something I heard yeah um, so I guess uh it, I was just kind of trolling Instagram, trying to find people I thought would be good guests for the podcast, and you you stuck out, and I appreciate your willingness to to do it. Um, what was kind of your, uh, I guess, what was your thought when some random reaches out to to come on a podcast? It's like, do you did you feel like you had something to say, or 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 what's that? Honestly, like? I was kind of open to the experience. I'm pretty mm-hmm. open to whatever like the universe kind of throws at me. <laughs> um, Honestly, my first instinct was like, don't do this because oh. I, it was something that I haven't done before. Okay. And I'm like uncomfortable with like doing things that I have not done before. That's so fair. I was like, oh, I need to do it because I'm uncomfortable uh. and I need to grow. And like, so that's like, I like to push myself in that way. Um, so I was like, yeah. So I just kind of commented back and I was like, if this dude's for real, he'll reach out to me. And if he won't, then it's not meant to be. And you did. And I was like, oh shit, this is Uh-oh. a real person. <laughs> <laughs> Well, isn't that, isn't that the case that that's how growth occurs is doing those things that are, we resist instinctively? Oh, a hundred percent. Like there's so many things with like in life in general, right. That we just resist. And because we resist that we stay in our comfort zone and we don't actually get to where we want to be because we're only ever staying in this little bubble of what we think we should be doing instead of pushing ourselves to grow. If you look at successful people like Tony Robbins, for instance, Mm -hmm. he is pushing himself constantly to the max and it's like, look where he is, right? Like, I don't think there's any kind of coincidence there because he's always pushing and always like, um, like for me, so I like to have cold showers. It's not something I enjoy. No. But I mean, I don't think anybody does. We live out in the country, so we have well water. So it's like ice cold because it's Oof. coming right from the ground. Right. Um, but it's this kind of like this thought of like, mm-hmm. if I can be uncomfortable in this situation right. and just push myself to be uncomfortable, what other areas in my life can I push myself to be uncomfortable? Like I'm training myself to be uncomfortable mm. so that I keep growing and I keep getting out of this like bubble of comfort. Absolutely. Yeah, cold showers is a good one. I did that for a while. There's something, it's also really good for you mentally, I feel like, focus and oh, energy levels. It, oh, it just like peps you up. Like you right. feel like charged up after you're like, okay, <laughs> let's fucking do this. Like, let's go. Right. What? A, yeah, what a ridiculous thing to do. But that's a great, that's a great sort of case study for how that works is like, and you're right, is like to be successful, it is to just push to, because if you're comfortable, what? You've done it. You're not growing. Well, if you've done what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always gotten, right? And most people in life, there is at least one thing in their life that they wish would change or wish would get better. 
And in order to get that, they have to stop doing the same things over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. The definition of insanity is doing the same (laughs) thing repeatedly and expecting a different result. Totally. And so what we want and what we want to like obtain and like our goals and our dreams, they're all outside the comfort zone, right? Because if we keep doing everything, we're just going to get the same result. We're going to keep living the same unhappy life. We're going to keep, you know, getting into the same unhealthy relationships. Mm -hmm. We're going to maybe we're unhappy with our body or whatever, right? It's your body's not going to change if you don't like change your eating habits and maybe start working out or whatever that is for Mm -hmm. you. Right. Absolutely. Now I I see that you do some client work and we should probably drill down on exactly what your profession is, but we we'll, we'll kind of get there as we go. I think <laughs> my, my profession, I don't even really know well, what my fucking profession is. I, well, <laughs> I saw it, a while ago on your Instagram story, there was a picture of, I feel like it was somebody from a Marvel movie and it was saying something like me, you trying to explain to a regular person what it is you do or something. Do you remember this? I was like, ah, this yeah, is, yeah. this is going to happen on the show because I, I can't really understand what I have a sense of what you do, but I, what I noticed, I guess, is there's a lot of talk on your on your website about about healing, and I guess that to me is interesting because then it suggests that are we in a culture now, are we in a time now where people need healing? People are are hurting <laughs> on some level spiritually, maybe. Well, that that's a really that's a really like open ended question there because of the fact that um, like look what's going on in the world right now, right? There's mm-hmm clearly a divide going on, right? No matter which side you fall on, there's a divide going on, right? Mm -hmm. You're either on this side or you're on that side. And, you know, there's just all this hate, Mm -hmm. like essentially what's going on, right? If you don't agree with me, then you're bad. And like, it just both sides are back and forth, right? And so, yeah, I would say 100%, we are definitely in a time of healing right now. Like people need to heal because we need to stop treating everybody like they're the enemy and that they're the Mm. bad guy. And we need to start taking accountability for our own actions. We always want to blame somebody else. Like, Oh, I'm here because of you, or I'm here because, you know, my father fucked me up or whatever it is. Right. 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 We like, you're not responsible necessarily for what happened to you, but you are a hundred percent responsible for healing it so that you're not like putting all like your like trauma stuff all over everybody else, everywhere you go. Right. Yes. So, okay. So to answer your question, so, um, yes, I do healing work. Okay. So I work with energy and I do kind of like life coaching stuff. And mm-hmm. like, so, okay, let's like go back in time so I can sure, kind of sure. like explain what I do. Okay. Uh-huh. So how I got into all of this. So I live, you know, in like the middle of Alberta, I grew up in like a redneck family. We farm, we live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> okay. And, um, I was the different child. I was the black sheep. Um, I was the sensitive one. I was the one that would have dreams that would come true. I was one that could see things that weren't there. And I grew up thinking I was like fucking crazy (laughs) and it's because nobody knew what was going on. So it's, Oh, it's in your imagination. It's in your imagination. And so I was super sensitive to like energies. Like if I would walk into a room and there was like a fight going on or, there was like tense energies. I would just pick up on that and I would feel it and I wouldn't know what was happening. So my first instinct was always to like get out of the situation or get away from people. Cause when I was around people, I felt all these things and I didn't know what it was. Hmm, okay. And so, um, as my life kind of progressed, um, I actually ended up developing an eating disorder hmm. and that started when I was probably like around 15 years old. And, um, so I started, it started out as anorexia and I would just starve myself um, trying to get, um, like I was trying, like I was dealing with a bunch of trauma from like my father, essentially, like Mm -hmm. I would never felt good enough. Right. And so I 
just me being me kind of like in, I don't know, this is just how it, like I expressed it or like it was my safety blanket or my pacifier, sure. if you yeah. will. Right. Yeah. And so it was easier for me to feel like the physical pain than it was to feel the emotional pain. Mm. And so I, you know, starved myself and starved myself. And then eventually I, um, because I had so many unhealed patterns with my dad, I ended up attracting several men into my life that were a carbon copy of my father, my father. Okay. Um, and eventually I ended up getting pregnant and, um, by, you know, this was, uh, with my ex at the time, it was crazy because I was a hundred pounds and I'm like five foot 10. So I'm pretty tall. Okay. And so I was very underweight and I wasn't getting a period. And I was also on birth control and I somehow got pregnant. Hmm. And so I started eating as soon as I found out I was pregnant because I didn't want to lose the baby. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up gaining actually like 90 pounds throughout my pregnancy. So it was like a lot. And my ex at the time was very, like, it was a very toxic relationship. Okay. And he was calling me like fat and like all of this (laughs) stuff. So it was a lot for me to deal with. Right. And then, um, so after that, then after I had my daughter, um, it was kind of like, the pushing point. Cause I didn't want her growing up thinking it was normal to be in like this kind of relationship. Right. And I didn't want her growing up, going out and finding a man just like her dad, because that's what she had seen her whole life. Mm-hmm. So we ended up breaking, breaking up. And, um, about my daughter was about seven months old and I relapsed. Right. Um, I was doing fine up until that point, And I was like, just eating when I was hungry and everything was fine. But then as soon as we kind of things with our like separation, we were only married for about four months, but it got like super ugly. Right. And so because of all of the stress of that, and I hadn't actually healed my eating disorder or the root of what was behind my eating disorder, it came back. Okay. And so, you know, I lost all this weight again. And um, I was, I'm actually an electrician by trade. Mm. And so I was, I went back to work right away and I was working in the field um, doing industrial electrical. And that's actually where I met my now husband was he's also an electrician and we were just friends. And so I would use him to kind of vent on him when like things were going crazy. (laughs) And then eventually we had started dating and that's really when I began kind of like this like journey of like healing um, is when I met him. And it's funny because all these things kind of like lined up at like the same time. So I started um, developing my intuition. Mm -hmm. I started taking courses on like, my intuition and what was happening with that because I was like, as soon as me and Barry split up, all these things started happening in my house, like things were moving and I was seeing people and I was like freaked right out. Like I thought there was like some demon following me. I had no idea what this was. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, I'm fucking fixing this. So this wouldn't be happening to me if I wasn't supposed to do something about it. So I'm going to figure out what the fuck this is (laughs) and I'm going to go for it. Okay. And then, so I also met Peter and he is just, I'm like kind of like a kite in a lightning storm a little bit and okay. he's like an anchor. So uh, okay. <laughs> he was, he's like my grounding source when mm-hmm. I get like too like crazy. <laughs> um, and so um, he was kind of like, well, you've got to do something like you've got to like, I don't know what you're going to do, but you have to like, you can't hate him forever. Like right. speaking about my ex and I was like, no, you're a hundred percent right. So I kind of started healing in an alternative way. I would say I was, I would say I've always been kind of more 
open to like the alternative aspect of things. I go against the grain in a lot of things and I've always been different. So Mm -hmm. it just kind of like makes sense that I would do that with this as well. And so I started going to like different energy healers and stuff and they would like talk about things. And I was like, okay, I don't really understand this, but you know, I feel different when I'm done working with you and I don't know what you're doing, but something's Mm -hmm. happening and something's shifting. And then, so I kept kind of developing my intuition and I was like, Oh, holy, like, I'm really good at this. Like, I can't believe like I can like tell people different things. And that's like what's going on in their life, even though I don't know anything about them. So I started doing card readings and mediumship. So mediumship is connecting with spirits or loved ones that have passed on. Okay. So I started doing mediumship and like psychic tarot card readings or oracle card readings Hmm. and doing like the intuitive side of things and that was just like flourishing for me and I was like wow this is really cool and so I kept kind of developing that and the more I kind of worked with that the more I really realized like I just want to like help people heal Hmm. their stuff like I've Hmm. always been someone that wants to help people be better and like get through like I'm like an excellent example of like a cheerleader like I think (laughs) you can fucking do it no matter what it is like I know you can do it And I think that because of all the shit I've went through. Um, And so um, I was still kind of like my eating disorder kind of like balanced out a little bit. I wasn't like 100% healthy, but I also wasn't like extremely underweight. And so um, that kept kind of going on until I hit like a breaking point. So me and my... Um, my boyfriend at the time, husband now, mm-hmm. we were together for a couple of years and we ended up getting pregnant with our son. Okay. And so halfway through the pregnancy, um, I had gained 30 pounds and I was like, oh, I can't gain more than 30 pounds. Like I can't do that. It's not, I can't let like what happened with Miley happen. I don't want to be called fat again. I don't want right. all these things. Right. And so I actually like, I would eat like a small breakfast and then I would eat a salad and chicken for lunch mm-hmm. and then I wouldn't eat anything for supper. And so that's what I did for like the last half of my pregnancy. And I actually ended up losing three pounds. And like the doctor, every time I'd go in for like my prenatal visits, he'd be like, you need to eat. You're not eating. And I'd be like, fuck (laughs) you. You don't know me. Shut up. Right. Like uh, he was like rubbing up against my wounds because I hadn't healed them. Gotcha. And so um, my friend was also getting married two months after my son was supposed to be born. So I had to fit into this dress that I had pre-ordered before I had gotten pregnant. And so after I had had him, I kind of gotten this tailspin and I, like I was just starving myself. The only thing I was eating was cucumbers (laughs) and the wedding came and the dress was actually too big for me. Uh And I, couldn't get myself out of it like I talked to myself like I was like nope I'll be fine like I can do this it'll be totally okay I can totally do this but I couldn't I was going in a tailspin and my depression was like at an all-time high my anxiety was at an all-time high and um my relationship with my um with my husband was like literally hanging by a thread and so my son was born on fe- in February and then my friend's wedding was in April and then in June we moved. And so after the move, because of all the boxes everywhere and like the cluster, I just like, I couldn't deal with like all the mess and chaos and everything. Right. And it literally set me into a nosedive. And so I was trying to get better. And so I I have always had like this nat or not this natural, but it was just like easy for me to puke. Like it has always been easy for me to puke ever since I was a small kid. Like I would just throw up. Okay. And so I started like binging and purging Mm. 
And it was just something that like my body did, like it was this real natural thing for me. And it's weird to even talk about it. Cause I knew how like fucked up it was at the time. Like I was like, fuck, this is fucked up. Like I'm, there's something <laughs> wrong with me, <laughs> but that was like, I was like, Nope, I'm going to, I'm going to get myself better. Like I don't need anybody's help. Like I can do this. Mm-hmm. And then I remember again at the end of June. So we had moved at the beginning of the June and at the end of June, I had a terrible day. Like it was terrible. And, um, I was laying on the bathroom floor cause my stomach hurt so bad from like doing a binge and purge episode. Mm. And my daughter and my son were outside of that door crying and I could hear them crying. Mm. Um, cause I never, ever wanted them to see me puke. So I had always shut the door every time I went to the bathroom. That was the only time I locked the door when I went to the bathroom was when I had to go throw up. Right. And so they were crying and I was laying on the floor and I heard this voice that said, if I don't get help, I'm going to die. Mm. And I thought about my daughter and my son and how much they meant to me. And I said, okay, like I have to tell Peter, like I need to tell Peter I need help. And so when he got home from work that night, we were laying in bed and I said, I have to tell you something. It's really bad. I know it's like, it's really bad. So you have to promise me you're not going to get mad at me. And he's like, you know, as a guy, when you hear that from a girl, right. there's yeah. things like, that run through your head. Uh-huh. And so he's like, okay, well, I can't promise that because I don't know what it is. So you're just going to have to tell me and we'll figure out what we're going to do after you tell me what it is. And so it took me like almost an hour to tell him because I was so ashamed and so mm. embarrassed. And I had so much like, like just guilt and embarrassment around this thing that I'd been doing in secret that mm. nobody knew about. And so, um, I told him I had an eating disorder and I really needed help because I was falling apart and I, I just, I couldn't, I I can't do life anymore. Like I'm really struggling to like keep it together. And so he literally was just like, Oh, that's all. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's all. He's like, I thought you were cheating on me. (laughs) Why would you think that? Like why I would never ever like, you know, that he's like, well, you just said that you're doing something really bad and you can't be mad. And I was like, okay, fair enough. So I um, like told him about my eating eating disorder. And that was really like the first step Mm -hmm. I took to like really getting myself better and really getting help. So he actually came with me to my first like psychologist appointment because I was really scared and really nervous to go um, because I had had a I had had a meltdown when I was like 18 Mm. and I had tried to get help through just like a normal public, like Alberta healthcare worker. And I was like, you're supposed to help me get better. You're fucking stupid. Like there's no way you're (laughs) going to help me with anything. So, um, that was like my first attempt at like trying to get better and it didn't work at that point. So Mm -hmm. I was like, kind of gave up hope on trying to get help because I was like, Oh, nobody can help me. Like, this is just, I'm in a realm of my own. So I was nervous to get help again because I was like, I had already tried this and it didn't work the first time. So I went to somebody that specialized with eating disorders. And so she was amazing and she helped me with so much. And I was seeing her twice a week because I was really, I had like this momentum, like I wanted to get better. I wanted this to stop like controlling my life because it was so much. So like, I wouldn't go out, I wouldn't do things. If I was in like a starvation mode or whatever, I didn't want to go out and do stuff because then I would have to eat or people would ask questions as to why I wasn't eating right. and I didn't want to have to answer. So mm. um, it was very much controlling my life. And then if I did go out and I did want to eat and if I ate too much, like I had to, like, I couldn't throw up in front of people. So it was like this whole like thing that I was like, well, I just can't go out. Like I just have to like stay at home mm-hmm. and be in my own like little bubble. 
And so, and then it was also affecting my relationship. So I went in and, um, I kept like, I was like, are you going to leave me yet? Like, I know how fucked up this is. Like, you can go ahead and go if you want. Like, I I know I'm like a basket full of crazy, like you can go. (laughs) And he didn't, he was like, I'm not going anywhere. And I like, I probably would say that like once a day at the minimum. And then actually, like, I think it was like a month later, he actually ended up proposing Um, and he's like, I don't know what it's going to take for you to believe that I'm not going anywhere, but I'm not going anywhere. And I was like, okay, like you actually love me. This is weird, but okay, I'm going to (laughs) accept this. (laughs) And so, um, we ended up getting married and our wedding ceremony was just like, we did our own vows and it was like so emotional because of everything we had gone through in the, like this whole, like our, essentially our whole engagement was my like healing, my eating disorder. And so, um, I had feel I had healed like all of like my physical symptoms and I was doing really well, like on our wedding day. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after the wedding, I would say probably like, like six months after we got married, this kind of like depression set in again. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like I just spent all this money and all this time. Right. And I'm like, I'm still not better. Hmm. Like I still feel like I'm not good enough. And I feel like, like I'm more of like a burden to my family than actual, like I'm not doing a good enough job as a mom or a wife sure. or whatever. Like I was really, really hard on myself. And um, so I actually ended up going to the Choker Center for Addiction and Wellness in Squamish mm-hmm. for four weeks. And that was really hard because I had never really left my kids before. And, but I knew like I needed some time by myself to just work on me and work on my shit and just fully like immerse myself in that. So I was there for four weeks, which was amazing. Um, but again, like a year goes by and I'm starting to feel depressed again. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why am I still fucking depressed? Like I shouldn't be depressed. Like I have all of these things and all of this, like um, these amazing children and my husband, like, why am I sad still? And then, so me and my husband were actually doing research into alternative, (laughs) alternative health again. (laughs) And we came across like mushrooms and psychedelics and iboga and ayahuasca and that kind of stuff. And he was like, look at all these things that they're doing in Europe and it's working. Like people like are getting results. And he's like, I think you should try something like this. And I was like, I have never really dabbled in that environment at all. My dad was always really like against like any kind of like drugs or mind altering things. So I always stayed away from them because my dad scared the shit out of me. So I didn't (laughs) want to die. So I stayed away from that stuff. (laughs) And he was also like super controlling growing up. So I didn't really ever have like a opportunity to like be a normal kid or like, okay. you know, experiment, I guess. And so I was like, okay, okay. Like I think like in my gut, like I felt like, okay, there's something to this. Like I need to do this. Mm-hmm. And so I had actually come across Iboga and I was like, I think this is the one, like, this is the one I'm, I need to do. And so we looked and then actually like just down the road from the Chopra center was this, the, this couple that were doing Iboga like retreats. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's where I'm going. Cause it's right by the Chopra center and I love the Chopra center. So I'm going back to Squamish. <laughs> and so I went and it was like 10 of us in this yurt in the middle of the rainforest. Wow. And I decided to go there because they really honored the medicine and like the roots of the medicine. And I felt like if I was going to do something, I wanted to be like, I wanted to do it and honor it and not sure. just like willy nilly it or whatever. Yeah. So I did Iboga 
And I compare iboga to childbirth. Like it is very intense, like super intense. It's, it takes you like straight to the pits of hell, like your demons, like right Ooh. up on your face. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, one of the hardest experiences I've ever been through in my life. It was like a three day thing. We started on Friday night and we finished on Sunday. And then I had to stay in Squamish for two days following mm-hmm. the ceremony. Okay. And, um, I have not been depressed at all since then. And that was in 2017. (laughs) And so the plant medicine, I don't like, Iboga is essentially really the only plant medicine I've really used in like a ceremony form. And it has changed my life. And I recommend anybody struggling with depression to go and try it if they feel called because of, even if you ask my husband, like my husband will tell you, like I came back a different person. Like Hmm. it was fucking crazy. And it was literally just like that part of my brain just doesn't like operate like that anymore. Like it just such an experience. Like it took me to my demons. It was really hard, really difficult, but I like the guy next to me was really freaking out. And I was like, okay, you can't freak out Trisha. Cause you don't want to go where he's at. So just keep <laughs> breathing, keep breathing. <laughs> and so um, I got through that experience and it was life changing for me. And so after I had gotten better. And so during all this time of like, me dealing with my shit. I was still doing readings and I was Mm. still doing coaching and stuff like that. When I went to the Chopra center, I had taken a break obviously because I was going through some shit and I couldn't hold other people's shit while I was going through my own. (laughs) And, um, so when I got back from doing, um, Iboga, I just kind of like, I don't know, it changed my brain somehow and it fucking worked. So (laughs) then I kind of, I kept going down the road of doing, energy healing and card readings and Mm. coaching, but it was more so like, not like, I hate the word fucking psychic. Like it drives me crazy. I don't Mm. like that word. Mm -hmm. Um, because I just feel like we're all in charge of our own destinies and you shouldn't be listening to what people are telling you is going to happen because you are in charge of that. You can change that at any moment you decide. (laughs) And so the thing I didn't like about just doing card readings, it's like, I, could identify all of this, all of these things going on in these people's lives. But it was like, okay, now we know what's wrong with you. Goodbye. Have fun. Have fun fixing it. Like I didn't (laughs) like just sending them off. Right. Which is why I got into coaching so that I could like help guide them through that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to go even deeper with like the energy work and everything. And so when I was doing coaching, we were doing like journeys and like, like, like you can call them like guided meditation, so to speak. Um, But um, it's just like, uh, I'm really good at making people feel emotions. Like that's what I do. Like I make people cry Mm. so that they can like release. Right. And so in January, um, a program by the eighth fire, he released this online program called the, um, earning the light. And it's about shamanic energy and Mm. healing with that. And so that really spoke to me and I had wanted to take that class. Like, I think it was a couple of years prior, but I wasn't able to fly to Ontario because mm. I had children and I couldn't just like be like, okay, like I'm leaving for a bit. See you later. <laughs> yeah. um, so when he introduced it online, I was like all about it, jumped on board, signed up right away. Um, but again, like as like the day that course started, I had so much resistance in me being like, don't do this. Trisha. You're like, this is bad. This is going to be fucking horrid. Right. <laughs> and so <laughs> Um, I did it anyways. And that honestly, that course changed my life. I've taken, like, Mm. I'm certified in meditation and I've taken lots of courses like by Gabby, by Gabby Bernstein. So on your show cat, like I've been around and like flying and taking different courses from different people. Um, but 
there's something about this course that is just, it goes so much deeper. And mm. essentially it's like, you're going deeper into healing your own shit. So you can heal other people's shit and like getting the, like the medicine rights. Cause so Pete, um, my teacher, Pete, not my husband, Pete, my teacher, Pete <laughs> is an Algonquin medicine man. Okay. So he gives us the medicine rights to use this work and do it. So it's essentially like I'm doing the same work I've always done. I'm just doing it now with using the medicine rights and the energy teachings that he's teaching me. And it's like, literally it's like changed my life. <laughs> and um, so now people come to me and like, we'll do a little bit of cards or whatever. Mm -hmm. People like cards because it's validating for them. Right. Uh. I find people when they want to go to psychics or they want a reading, it's because they want validation. And so I teach people that they don't need validation. It's to listen to their own validation, right? Because happiness is inside of us. It's not something outside of ourselves. Right. We're taught that daily in society, right? Like, oh, if you want to be pretty, you need to do this, this, and this. Or if you want to be happy, you have to do this, this, and this. For like every avenue we go to, we're taught that, you know, what we want and what we need is outside of ourselves. Right. And so essentially I'm bringing people home to deal with their shit. <laughs> to feel the emotions that they've been avoiding because right. as humans, we avoid what we, what hurt us, right? Mm -hmm. Because it hurt us. So we're trying to run away from it. So we never have to deal with it again, but on unconsciously, we're actually just attracting the same kind of situation into our life. Right. Mm. Like even like with me before, like, you know, if you go back um, like 10 years ago, if you would have told me that I was just attracting my dad into my life, I would have right. told you go fuck yourself. There's no fucking way I am. Like, I'm never dating my dad. That's gross. What's wrong with you? But now I can look back and be like, oh, my God, my ex-husband is a carbon copy of my father. What the fuck was wrong with me? How did I not see that? Right. Um, but it's like, that's kind of like my story in like a nutshell. Like, I'm kind of like, sure. there's a lot there, right? Well, a lot. <laughs> no, but I, I thank you for sharing that. That's uh, That helps get a better picture of you. Um Whew, yeah, I'm not sure. There's a lot there, and there was times that I wish yeah. I'd jumped in, but doesn't matter. That's what the show's all about. It's about uh, sharing the journey and then kind of trying to finding ways that we can kind of find some common ground. Um, exactly. <laughs> I wonder if I, what I had a sense of as you were telling this story is, do you think maybe you're more in tune with your, your yourself and your own in, internal processes more so than the average person, and that's why you felt a lot of pain? All those years? Um, I would say I am definitely more sensitive than the average person, a hundred percent. Cause even like, even before I have like developed my intuition or anything like that, like when I, if I had to go to the hospital or something, they would always have to give me like a quarter dose of what they would give like a normal person. That was my height and weight because I was, I would react to it so bad mm. and I was so sensitive to it. And so it's like, just with anything, right? Like even with alcohol, I have to be really careful because I'm very sensitive mm. to different things. Like it doesn't take me much to get drunk. Like I literally will have a drink and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and that's like a whole different thing, but I'm just like, I am very sensitive to everything. I'm environments, people, places, animals. And it took me a long time to kind of separate like, okay, what's my shit and mm. what's like somebody else's or what's going on. Right. And now, like, so for instance, with what's going on in the world, I have, I know when to like not look at my phone and not go onto Instagram and not look at what's mm -hmm. like, I don't watch the news mm -hmm. at all. Cause it's just, it's bad news, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, I soak up everything and it drives me crazy because I'm like, oh my God. And I start feeling like all these like emotions and all these feelings and it's not mine. Right. Yes. And so I really have to be 
kind of aware of how I'm feeling. And if I'm getting like, Oh, okay. I need to like go either have a cold shower. I need to go work out. I need to go meditate. I need to journal. And sometimes I just journal on, on, I'll be like, okay, what am I feeling right now? And then I'll be like, all this shit will come out of me. Mm. And I'll be like, okay, is this mine? And I'm like, Mm. no, it's not. Okay. Time to let this go. And I use like sage a lot as like smudging or whatever. Like, I don't know if you know a lot about that, but yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I use like sage to kind of smudge myself and like clear the energy. And now I kind of do this thing where I like send energy back. That's not mine. Like I'll send it back to whoever it is that it is. I'll just send it back to them. So I'm not carrying it myself. And I ha- I'll have a lot of salt baths oh. and stuff like that. And it's literally just being, aware of what's going on with me and I'm now at a point where I'm like oh okay that's what's going on this is what I need to do so I don't go down this road that leads to the the road of no return right Right. (laughs) exactly right I like what you're saying I think that's a huge part of well the problem in some ways today is that people uh, identify with ideas as being people or as they hold on to ideas as if they're part of their own personality when you know I got into this weird habit of, I don't know if you remember the show, To Catch a Predator. It was that NBC. <laughs> I don't know why, but I started watching it on YouTube. And I after an hour, I would feel so corrupted and just so horrible. And I think, I think I have to stop watching this show. Like, as someone who, like, I'm a filmmaker. And I was like, I like the show from that point of view. But then also, it's like, to take that in for an hour, it, 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 you don't actually understand how much damage you can do. To, I don't know if it's your energy or your, your mind, well, whatever. That's the thing, right? And it's like you listening to that. So that's your intuition being like, this is not good for you. You need to shut that off. And I think if more people listen to that voice and they healed what, because, you know, everybody, I think everybody I fucking know has been told that they were crazy as a kid or what they thought was not true or that they should do this, right? right? Like, we're not really like taught to listen to our intuition you know when a kid said something it's mostly like quiet stop talking you're annoying me or i need to do this or whatever instead it's like we should be saying oh what did you just say Mm -hmm. like what's going on oh interesting Mm -hmm. right and being like well what do you think that means or whatever right and that's really what i'm teaching my children and like my son he calls it his tree house and he'll be like mom my tree house is broken like I need some cucumbers right now or I need some quiet time because my this is what my treehouse needs. And I'm like, perfect. Go repair your treehouse, buddy. And you let me know what you need from me, right? Wow. And it's, I don't know. I think if more people, like that's why like things like the news, mm-hmm. while they can be informative, is also like damaging to an extent because yeah. you're like, literally putting taking all this information in. Is it, is it doing any good for you? Because mostly on the news is bad shit, right? 100%. And so you're just like, oh my God, what's wrong with the world? I should be so scared. I should be so this, I should be so that. And then you walk around and you're being scared because, you know, you just watched a program that told you to be scared of something for the last hour. Right. Right. And it's the same thing like with horror movies. Like I can't watch horror movies. I don't watch horror movies because mm. it literally sucks the energy out of me. And I am like a shell of a human being because <laughs> it's like taken like my life force. Right. right. Essentially. And it's like, and that can be like with social media too, right? Like it literally, there's a horror movie, (laughs) right? Like we will be on our phone and we're like, oh my God, it's been half an hour. How the frick have I have been on my phone for the last half an hour? I know. And so it's literally (laughs) like setting goals and staying committed to them and also honoring your body. Right. There's, there's a really fine line with like what your intuition is and what your mind is. Right. Mm. So if you're like logical mind, could get you to where you wanted to be, you would already be there. Right. 
And so the logical mind is just that it's trying to be logical. It's trying to reason. And when your intuition is like the opposite of logic, it makes no fucking sense. Right. Mm -hmm. The other day I was driving and I was like, oh, I shouldn't take this road. And I'm like, why wouldn't I take this road? This is the road I need to go on. (laughs) And I was like going to turn, but I was like, no, it's faster to go this way. And there ended up being construction and I had to take this huge detour. And I was like, Trisha, you should know this. What are you doing? (laughs) Right. But it's just like, it made no sense. So it's like, you know, we're all human at the end of the day, right? But it's learning to really hone in and trust that inner guidance and that voice that's saying like, don't do this, don't hang out with that person, don't eat that food, whatever it is, right? Yeah. I wonder if if we're in a time now or we've, we've been for a while where it's, people are being led astray, led away from that inner voice, you know? Do you know anything oh, about- 100%. Do you know anything about how fluoride in the water calcifies your pineal <laughs> gland? I do actually. No, there's so, some to that, right? There is a hundred percent. Okay. So if you look it up, like fluoride is a neurotoxin, right. right? And so why are we using a known neurotoxin in like common dentistry in our, in, in our water, in water supply? Water, right? yeah. So it's literally like, it doesn't take like, for like, that's where critical thinking comes in. Right. And people that are connected to their body and their intuition they will be critical thinkers for the most part because mm-hmm. you will go against what you're being told and you're actually going to be like, well, something doesn't feel right. It feels off. Right. Right. And like for me, even before I knew about fluoride, something in me was like, I shouldn't be putting this shit on my teeth. And I actually told the dentist one time, I was like, don't put the fluoride out. I don't want it. And he's like, why? And I was like, I don't know. I just don't want it. Like, just don't give it to me, please. <laughs> right. And it was before I had known anything about it. And now I look back and I'm like, fuck, I was so smart back then. Like, I didn't even know. (laughs) (laughs) Intuition. Fluoride is a huge thing and people need to like, we need to start decalcifying our pineal gland. I don't know if you've heard of like the supplement. It's called Shilajit. Um, Okay. uh, Oh, no, I have heard of that. Is that how it's pronounced? Okay. Yeah, it's Shilajit. It's like this crazy name. I like when I first told my husband, he's like, what? (laughs) What are you you saying? He's like, what is that? (laughs) And so I take Shilajit every morning and I kind of like give it to my kids as they like want it. Kids are super intuitive and they will just take what they need for the most part. And so I just, again, I listen to my children. Sometimes they want it, sometimes they don't. And Mm. I'm just like, okay, there's certain things I give them like omega-3s and stuff like that good fats and stuff like that. But there are certain things I'm like, no, they intuitively will know how much they need. Right. And there will be times that they ask for it. And I'm like, hundred percent, I'll give that to you because it's full of, so Shilajit is full of uh, folic acid, folic, folic acid mm-hmm. and humic acid, mm. which is super good for decalcifying pineal gland and also just deto- detoxifying your body in general. Okay. So we are living in a time right now where our food is pumped full of shit, right? It's all kind of like it's genetically modified. It's sprayed with all of these chemicals and all of this poison. And um, we're being like essentially fed stuff through social media. Like we're like, we're not slaves anymore, but are we? Because we have our phones, No, we still are. That's the thing. And so, and that's the thing that I was like, I was even having this conversation with my nine-year-old today about how- um, (laughs) With a nine-year-old. I know she's so mature for her age. It blows my mind sometimes the questions she asks. And (laughs) that's what she asked me. She's like, mom, are people like slaves to their phones? And I was like, yeah, they are a hundred percent. They're addicted to them. Right. And she was like, well, why are they addicted to them? And I was like, because the people that made our phones designed them that way so that you would be addicted to them. 
And because yes. I'm teaching my children right now. So especially with the mass situation that's going on, I strongly disagree okay. with that, especially with the children, um, because essentially you're taking their voice away. Who wants to talk with a mask on their face? No one, because it's uncomfortable. Right. So when you're doing that to children that are in school, you're programming them not to speak. Right. Mm. And I have like a huge problem with that because of the psychological impacts. Right. So children learn through um, facial recognition, right? So through looking at people's faces. Right. So are we creating a bunch of sociopaths because they're not going to learn about facial recognition, <laughs> right? I mean, it's and it's, it's interesting, right? Like it's really interesting if you look at the other point of view. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really teaching my children right now what's going on is not right. People should always have choice. And right. when there's not choice, there's a problem. And so it's interesting to see the questions that they ask me and bring up. And even my son the other day, you know, we were walking around a grocery store in Edmonton and there was lots of people with masks on. And he's like, why are people so brainwashed? And I was like, like, let's calm that down. We don't need <laughs> to start invites in the grocery store, first of all. Yeah. And I was like, because they're told they're mm-hmm. like, like we were talking about earlier with the news, right? They're being told that they should be scared. So they've been hurt. They've heard it so many times, like on the news, on the radio, that that's what they are now because that's what they've been told. Right. And when you like from a psychological standpoint, when you're told something repeatedly, you begin to believe it, whether there's facts or not. Mm -hmm. You just think that because it's been pounded in your head. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I think there's so much truth to that with just different things. Like there's things I believe in because I was told that. And I'm just like, why do I believe that? Like, that makes no fucking sense. (laughs) Right. But it's being like aware enough to look at that and be like interesting instead of getting triggered by it and Mm -hmm. like going like super crazy and being like what do you mean you're not wearing a mask you're putting me at danger and like all of this stuff right right and so it's just people like honestly the cure is learning to listen to your intuition because Mm -hmm. if you're if you're listening and following your intuition you're not going to be listening to that voice of fear that's telling you you know, to hate your neighbor, to like stay away from people, to mm-hmm. do all of these things that make no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. No, I I agree with a lot of that. I think I've made a pretty good effort to stop talking about COVID. Although not, like, you bring up the oh. mask, it's like the mask mandate is, is back in Edmonton on Friday. Oh. So it's it's not going away. But I think there's something to that, that if, if people are living in fear, if they're conditioned to fear the person next door, fear their own children bringing home a disease, which is something that's been going on forever. It's not new. They're easier to control, I think, and they're easier to mm-hmm. manipulate. So, well, that's a hundred percent it, right? You, you literally divide the people because a divided people is easier to rule because yes. there's division among the people. There's chaos among the people. And so if we're busy looking at each other, we're not looking at the system. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's like, it's, to me, it's very tactical. Like it's, it's, I don't know. I look at it and I'm like, Oh, it makes total sense why they did this. Right. Um, I don't like, I don't agree with it at all. Like I'm very much pro-choice. You know what? You mm-hmm. want to make a mask, wear a mask. Cause it makes you feel better. A hundred percent. You do that, but don't state like, this was like, I had a guy come up to me before I like, before even the mask mandates had started the first time. Mm-hmm. And I, at the time, my youngest daughter, she was only like, I don't know, like six months old. Like she was really small. She might've even been smaller. Okay. And we were grocery shopping. I had her strapped to my chest and I was just like a mom with my baby strapped on my chest and I was grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. And this guy like came out of, came out of like nowhere. And I could like see him like watching me, but I was like, Hey, he's being a little weird. Right. But then he literally came up to me and like started chewing my ass, my ass out for not wearing a mask. And I was like, okay, 
what? Like, I don't even know you. Right. And then he like looks in my cart to see what like kind of food was in my cart. And he was just like, then looked back at me because it was full of fruits and vegetables. And I was like, yeah, you can't come at me for what I'm eating because it's all fucking healthy. So get the fuck out of here, buddy. Like, what are you doing? That's a, that's a great image. The guy walking down the street, wearing a mask outside, and then he's got two bags full of shit from the grocery store. Well, again, your health is not my responsibility. Like it's not okay. You cannot eat McDonald's and not work out all the time and then expect, you know, this magical needle to fix all your problems. Like that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. Things do not, there is no magic pill for anything. Okay. If you want to have a strong immune system, you need to take care of your body. You need to make sure you're de-stressing. You need to make sure you are eating well. You need to make sure you're exercising just because I am not wearing a mask. I'm not putting you at risk. Like what they did. Okay. Was they literally, they, they use the breath as a weapon now. Like it's, mm. it's, it's like almost illegal to breathe, right? <laughs> Essentially, right? Like the breath is a weapon, which I find so interesting because the breath is so powerful in so many ways. Like we need the breath. The breath can yes. calm anxiety, depression. Breathing proper can like literally cure diseases and cancer, but you're not hearing about that, right? And so they've weaponized the breath now. Mm. And I'm just like, what an interesting move. <laughs> like what a fucking interesting move. Oh, I hear you. I think um, I've been very fa uh, kind of fascinated by the way it's played out just from a, a study in human behavior. You know, I, 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 see, oh. I see all sides of the argument. I'm, and I, I'm like you, I'm pro-choice. I think it's like you want to do what you want to do. That's fine by me for the most part. But uh, in a study of human behavior, it's been really interesting the way the lines have been drawn and, and over what. And especially, you're right, the masking, the breath. There is something very deeply uh, psychological that we can read from that, whether it's been done on purpose or not, I don't know. Uh, but it's, uh, we will never forget this moment and what we learned well, from it. To me, it's, just, this is very much like spiritual warfare. Hmm. Like you're kind of like, even with like the lockdowns that had happened, like at what point are like the, the measures put in place to like protect us? Right. What, at what point do we stop? Because the, the measures are, worse for us than the actual like virus right and it's just really interesting because you know we have people you know suicides all-time high depression anxiety overdoses like all of these people are dying like even heart attacks are up right yeah because of stress and like i find it really interesting so those people don't matter mm -hmm. right just just these ones right well, and it's, yeah there's been more deaths from opioids during this pandemic than there have of the the well, disease itself. And that's the thing, right? And there's like been people, like vulnerable people that are trying to get help, like addicts and stuff, mm -hmm. that all those things were cut right off for them. So where the fuck do you think they're going to go? Right? Like, of course, they're going to go back to what they know and what mm -hmm. like they're like, what their safety blanket is, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of like, so how come, you know, those people, they don't, they don't get the choice. They, they just whatever, we don't care about them. But these people we care about, like, how come there's like this, like, huge, like lime in the sand and people, they just get so charged on this topic. Mm -hmm. And again, it like, it comes down to like, well, you should do this to protect so-and-so or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but again, 
what happens to you is not my responsibility. Like it's not what you choose to do is not my responsibility. Mm -hmm. You people need to learn to take accountability and responsibility for themselves. Like Mm -hmm. not just with like their health, but with everything, right? How many times have we been in like a bad mood or whatever? And we're just like, you know what? It wasn't my fault. It was that person's fault because he did this and he said that and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) It's this whole thing, right? For sure. Where people just lack this responsibility and this accountability, right? And I personally believe we attract every situation into our life consciously or unconsciously, depending Mm -hmm. on where we are in our life. But even like with myself, when I have an unpleasant situation present itself, I'm like, okay, how have I attracted this into my life? And I look at it from like this non-biased point of view because I want to fix it because I don't want to keep attracting the same shit. So Mm -hmm. how do I change whatever kind of programming I have or thought pattern or belief system I have mm-hmm. and what wound do I have that needs to heal because I keep attracting this into my life. So I very yeah. much like, I just believe that what we need to heal will keep presenting itself in some way, shape or form. Right. So like, I'm just going to use like my dating past. Right. Sure. So I attracted, you know, like a lot of versions of my father into my life. And then after my ex, I was like, no more. I will never date a man that is an asshole, that is a fucking douchebag, that does this, that doesn't put me first, that treats me like shit, that all this stuff. I had like hit my freaking, right. like my, right. my line of like enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, my husband is very much the opposite of that. He's very caring, very nurturing. He never raises his voice and he's always putting me first. Right. Mm-hmm. To the point where I'm like, you know, it's okay to put yourself first every <laughs> once in a while. You don't always have sure, to do sure. what I want. Right. Right. And that was like a conscious, like when I like think about it, I like, I'm just like, wow, like I like definitely attracted that into my life because I was so like never fucking again. Like this was the worst fucking experience of my life. (laughs) Right. Because I had finally had enough. Right. Right. There was still healing I had to do like around my father. Right. And there's still like is some more healing I have to do because I will create fights with my husband sometimes because he's loving me too much. And I will just (laughs) push that love away because I'm not used to it. Mm. And so I'll be like, okay, but again, I'm consciously aware of it now. So I'll be like, I'm sorry I said this or did that. Like it has nothing to do with you. You know, this happened today and it brought up all this. So I was just trying to push you away because on some level, I still feel like I deserve to be alone and I'm not worthy of your love. Right. Mm. But that's a very, like, no, most people don't look at it that way. They wait for the apology. They dig their feet in the sand, right. you know, they're, they do the silent treatment or whatever. Right. Mm. But that, that shit like doesn't fix anything. Like it doesn't fix stuff to keep going into the wound. Right. Like if your pattern is when you get stressed out or upset, to, you know, to go online shopping or to like binge food, mm-hmm. you know, that's something you have to look at because it's like, you're literally having like a stress response and this is where you're going. So right. it's like, why are you doing that? You have to get really curious as to why you're doing the things you're doing. And you have to be able to look at it from like this, like non-judgment point of view so mm-hmm. that you can heal it and you can change it. Because if you don't do that, you're just going to keep repeating the same cycle and keep getting the same bullshit you've always gotten. Well said. I think you will always get the same bullshit you've always gotten until you until you dig into where that and you and the thing is I think you're the source of your own bullshit, right? Oh, 100%. <laughs> and we're, 100%. Right? Like we're, and we're at times as you said earlier led to believe that it's it's external, you know, it's coming from from somebody else, some other idea, some other person, some other thing, but uh, 
I like what it says on your website that the, the tools or whatever to heal are, are, are all inside you to begin with. Yeah. Is that kind of the beginning of the journey for, for most people is to understand that they, I mean, I'm a big, I'm not, I'm not religious in the sense of, uh, like a, a doctrine of religion. I think that that is, is a start towards what's true, but it is all inside, isn't it? On some level or on, on yeah. every level. <laughs> Oh, I would say a hundred percent, like every answer that you're, that you're seeking, you already have it inside of you, right? Whether you choose to believe that is a different story, right? right? But I like every psychic reading I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Everybody always says, I knew you were going to say that. Okay. Awesome. Like I I knew, I knew that I knew it. Like they always say that. And it's just like, why the fuck are you here then? Like, and that's what really led (laughs) me down this path because it's just like, people know this shit. Why are they not listening to it? Right. Because we're being conditioned not to listen to ourselves, because if we do, then we're like, you know, full of all this quackery or crazy or woohoo or whatever it is. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, for like a long time, I like thought the same thing. I'm like, well, I can't say that or I can't do that because people what will they say? What will they think? Right. And that was like a huge kind of obstacle of mine Mm. was trying to be like the people pleaser. Right. Trying to make everybody happy, which is absolutely nonsense because it's, that's Impossible. never going to happen. Right. Right. Cause then you lose yourself trying to please everybody else. Right. And so learning to kind of listen to like that inner guidance, however that looks or feels to you. Cause some people get a very physical response. Right. right. And like, even with me, like when I'm around people that are not good for me, I like physically get nauseous and I'm oh, like, wow. okay, we need to get out of this situation as quick as possible. And when I get home, I need to have a bath. I need to, I need to go into the tools. Right. <laughs> Wash that off. I don't go yeah. Well, the thing is, is that there's always going to be like, you know, bad energy or bad people, whatever you want to call it. Um, But you need to like learn how to deal with that in a way that's like helpful for you and not a way that's going to, you know, take you out. Right. Right. So I would used to, I would used to, I would go home and I would like eat sugar or like carbs or something like that. Right. Because it would release all that dopamine in my brain and make (laughs) me feel good and whatever. So that's what I went to. But it just created a problem down the road because then I would get bloated and I wouldn't feel good. And then I'd go into all of these like, like kind of like, like body image thoughts. There was like some like body dysmorphia stuff in there as well. So, um, I really like, it's been a journey for me to be like, nope, I'm going to fucking work out because I said I'm going to work out. And even though, so even though I don't want to, I got to keep doing it. Right. So what lots of people do is they break integrity with themselves constantly. Mm. Right. We all get that thing where we're like doing something. You're like, you know what? I need to eat healthier. I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to do it. And then tomorrow Mm. comes around and you're like, I don't feel like doing that. I don't have enough time is like, is like the biggest excuse ever. Right. Like I don't have enough time. I can't do it. Right. And it's like, you make time for all your other bullshit. Why can't you make time for the thing that's going to help you? Right. So, um, my teacher, my teacher, Pete, he always says, um, if you don't have a practice for your problems, your problems become your practice. Mm. And that's the one saying that runs into my head, especially when I don't want to show up for myself. And when I'm like, but I'm tired or this hurts, or, you know, I I just don't feel like it. Right. Or Mm. I don't want to get up early. Right. So I get up early intentionally before my kids. So I have that window to myself to do what I have to do Mm -hmm. to get myself grounded and together. Right. And so sometimes, yeah, I don't want to wake up. And when I don't want to wake up that it's like his voice is ringing through my head. If you don't have a practice for your problems, your problems become your practice. And I know what that looks like for me. And I don't want to go down that road. So I'm like, no, I will not allow myself to break integrity with myself. I said I was going to do this and I meant it. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it. Even if 
my freaking ass drags on the floor. Like, <laughs> right. And it's yeah. just, once I do it, I'm like, okay, I actually feel better. Well, that's, Fancy that. <laughs> right. And that's the trick, isn't it? Is when you do do it, like we we're saying earlier with the comfort zone is like, if you actually just break out or if you just do what you have to do, the, the, the reward is far greater than the relief of not doing it. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like we have been kind of programmed and conditioned again, right? For like that instant gratification, right? right. If we can't get the instant gratification, we don't want it. We want the quick fix, the, you know, the mm-hmm. easy pill, right? Sure. But that's not, that's not where like the happiness is going to come from. That's not where the joy is going to come from. It's not where like that sense of fulfillment is going to come from. That sense of fulfillment is going to come from you showing up every fucking day for the last two months and not giving up and being like, holy fuck, look <laughs> at all this shit I've done. And I feel amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not allowing ourselves to slip when we want to, mm-hmm. right? You're the only one that can hold yourself accountable. Like yep. you can come up with every excuse under the freaking sun if you want to. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the only one that's going to like fall and fail from that is you, right? And so you have to like, I think, just think as a society, we really need to learn that we have to put in the effort and we have to put in the work. There is no easy pill like you have to fucking do the work if you want the results. That's exactly right. You have to do the work if you want the results. I realized a while ago what a miracle or a blessing it is to be able to see ourselves across time, past, present, and future. And that's, you know, there's the goal setting aspect and there's also the the journaling aspect. And uh, that's really created for me a sense of wholeness of who I am and, and what I could be. Um, do you do you practice that yourself, goal setting and journaling to, to get that sort yeah. of grounding oh yeah no i i think journaling is amazing and again most people say they can't do it because they don't have time um and i also what actually you, I, yeah. what well, better I, do you have to do sorry but what else is there well, i know you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing like what like the thing is is that our issues and our wounds they want to th- survive and they want to thrive right mm-hmm. so then we go into our mind and our mind gives us all these amazing excuses right and they sound really good right like mm-hmm. oh i don't have time you're right i don't because i got this and this and this and this but yet you have time to scroll on your phone for an hour every day right going through instagram right it's about priorities right people their wounds they brush up when they're gonna when you're about to do something that's gonna create change and that's gonna create growth your wounds will come up and try and talk you out of it Mm. right Mm -hmm. and most people just you know they don't they don't call it that they call it well i was just thinking right but it's like no you weren't thinking your wounds were totally in full control mode right (laughs) and so what happens when we journal for instance right when we're writing down our goals Mm -hmm. I, I was like reading something the other day about how if you write down your goal, it's like crazy the probability of it has for coming true as, mm. a, as opposed to if you never write it down, if you just put it in your head. Right. So writing shit down, it's literally like you're putting in ink, like there's like this permanent aspect of mm-hmm. it, right? And I think it's so powerful to just re- sit down and journal, like even to just to reflect your day, right? Because you'll be like, wow, like I didn't realize like this happened or whatever. And I personally, I like to journal at the beginning of every day. That's kind of like my like same my minimum of doing like if I have time at night, I'll do it. But it's not kind of like my priority. Mm. My priority is that the morning I like to set my goals for what I'm doing that day, how I want to feel. And let's say like my kids woke up early or, you know, they didn't sleep good or whatever. My minimum is like I'm going to write down three words that I want to feel for the day. Right. Mm. Whether it's empowerment Um, I want to achieve or I want to like feel like empowered, confident, happy, whatever it is. Right. Like I write that down. And then those three words 
will go over in my head like throughout the day. And I'm like, okay, what can I do to feel happy today? What can I do to feel accomplished today? What can I do to feel empowered? Right. And usually when I sit down and I think at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what I did? I felt all of those things today. Right. And it's like, even like when I need to do house chores, I will write them down, which house chores I'm doing. And I always get them done. If I write them down, (laughs) if I don't write them down, I never get them done. So I'm like, clearly there's something to this. (laughs) Right. Because it's just, I think it's such a good way to kind of like reflect on yourself, like what you're feeling, what you want to accomplish, you know, even with different connections, like, do you want to focus on your relationships today? Mm -hmm. Do you want to focus on, um, on yourself today? Do you want to focus on like growing and expanding your business, whatever it looks like. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I think journaling is such a huge tool that it's, and again, it doesn't cost much to journal. You can literally go to the dollar store and buy a pen and a paper for two bucks and you're set. Right. <laughs> yep. And like people, it's, it's like, it's so simple. People just like, don't even want it. Like it's, I find it so fascinating. <laughs> well, there's something there too. It's like sometimes while so many simple activities would save us from hell and we go for the more complex, uh, <laughs> continuation of being in hell you know what i mean like there are simple solutions to begin the upward trajectory oh 100 percent, right and it's again it's like our wounds right so for like let's say you want you know like a like a banging body or whatever right and so you know you have to start eating better and you know you have to work out Mm -hmm. right but then you start talking yourself out of, well, why you can't do that. Right. Right. And maybe like the root cause of you believing that you can't do that is because growing up, your mom or your dad always told you that you were unhealthy and that's just not who you were. You weren't an athletic person. It could simply be like a Mm. thought like that, that, you know, somebody told you that you weren't an athletic person, that that's not for who you are. So Mm. now you have this resistance to exercise because you were told you weren't an athletic person. So you mm-hmm. have to like go back and heal that wound so that right. it stops kind of infecting all your fucking life choices. Right? right. Because that's where like the unconditional like programming comes in is so usually, so from the time, so from the time you're born to about like seven, eight is really when our, our brains are like programmed. Right. Mm. So you will have the issues of usually those those like between those ages specifically. And so it's really important when you're healing stuff that we get to like the root of things like, okay, that's great that you had like, you know, this happened, you know, last year, like, okay, your husband cheated on you or whatever. Mm. And then, you know, when you were like, you know, 16 or whatever, your boyfriend cheated on you and it's just that kept this pattern. Right. So it's right. figuring out like where that root is coming from. Right. Cause it's not, it's never what we think it is. Right. It's that's how it's like, presenting itself but it's like what's the root how did you feel when your boyfriend cheated on you or your husband cheated on you well I felt betrayed well where in your life have you felt betrayed well you know my dad took off when I was four and Mm. he never listened to me and I felt so betrayed or whatever right it could be something like that right and so it's literally I just think everybody can put the dots together if they want that's all it is is connecting the dots it's looking from that like un that like non-judgment mode of your brain Mm. and being like okay what are my patterns and what are my cycles? Hmm. And then looking at like, Oh, my pattern is when I get stressed out, I like to go to sugar. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Let's go into that. What does that sugar make you feel? That sugar makes me feel happy and accepted and loved. So it's like, okay, so where in your life have you not felt accepted and loved and going into that? Right. So it's, it's like, it's, I don't know. I just think it's so complex, but it's not. It's literally just sitting back and being like, okay, that's interesting. Why am I doing that? That's an interesting pattern I have. 
or maybe it's a pattern of thoughts or a pattern of like you're constantly self-sabotaging yourself because yeah. Yeah. you know your dad told you you were never going to amount to anything mm. so even though you're given all these opportunities you constantly sabotage them right yeah oh yeah well shout out to my parents for never telling me that i was not could not amount to anything i think i think <laughs> yay patrick starens <laughs> i think but it, i mean again it occurs to me how that's a reality for so many people is a bad home life i, yeah. I also think that through journaling because I journaled for about, I'm close to three years straight here. And to, oh, to, wow. That's amazing. Good for you. Thank you. And it's to be able to go back and then read your, 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 your life, like a story for a two month period, boy, you sure see where you're going wrong or right. Yeah. And that's the thing you can identify when you're journaling. So consistently you can identify your patterns super easy. Cause you're like, wow, right. this is keeps coming up. Interesting. Right. And, and now I wonder I have a lot of admiration for you because you spoke so openly about about your traumatic experiences and the addictions that you went through. I through journaling I became very aware of what the problem was and and definitely once I laid off smoking marijuana about a year and a half ago that really also opened the doors and cleared things up. I I don't think I'm and maybe there's more healing to go because I feel like there's still some shame attached to what my issue is that I'm processing, but because I don't want to talk about it super openly, I d definitely don't want to talk about it on the show, <laughs> you know, but, but I think that's totally normal by the way. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know, but, yeah. but to, to see it also clearly. And as you say, put those dots together is that to me is that's life's work period. That's it is figuring out where you've kind of been busted and how whole can you make yourself? How, how, uh, 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 yeah. A hundred percent. That's a hundred percent it. So I, I personally, I believe there's always more healing to do. Mm. Even with myself, I've healed a lot of shit, but I'm just like, wow, I didn't even realize that was fucking there. And it's just <laughs> like, it's like this, like onion, this never ending onion of layers that right. you just go deeper and deeper into it. Right. Right. Endless. And so, actually, I would say it's endless. Yeah. And that's like you said, it's life's work, essentially. Like we're, I believe we're here to grow and evolve. Mm. And the only way we're going to do that is <laughs> by growing and evolving with our issues, right? With mm -hmm. the things that are pain points and our struggles and right. our traumas, right? So I, I believe that, you know, yeah, there's some things 100% we can control what we're going to change and heal and whatever. But I also believe like we have like soul contracts or whatever, where it's like, mm. no, we're here to learn this lesson. Wow. So we're going to become a master at it by being presented with this challenge in several different ways so that we become the master, right? Mm. You don't become a master by just going through like one course and being like, okay, I'm done. I definitely <laughs> nailed it. Totally good. Right. You become a master by like being like constantly faced with all these adversaries and overcoming them. Right. And not doing yeah. the easy thing or doing the thing that we necessarily want to, right? Mm. Because the thing that we want and what we need to do can be very different, mm. right? And so personally, like whatever it is, like, so that's the thing. So marijuana can be looked at as a medicine, but it can also be not a medicine depending on how you're using it, right? Just like foods, like for me, right? right? Like food is super good for your body, but it could also not be good for your body depending <laughs> on how you're using it, right? <laughs> There was a period in my life where it was like, it didn't really matter what I was eating. I just had to be eating. So even though I was just, you know, I was maybe just eating endless amounts of broccoli or cucumbers or whatever, it was healthy. I was still like, I didn't need to be eating it. Like I wasn't hungry. It was like this, oh. like this, like thing of like, oh, I just, I have to just like numb these feelings by putting shit in my mouth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so 
I believe anything can be like a medicine and I believe anything can be a poison depending on how you're sure. using that tool. Right. And again, you're the only one that can determine that. Right. It's like, Oh, is this cookie a good idea or is it a bad idea? You're the only one that can say, you know what? I can't have this cookie right now because I'm super triggered. If I have this cookie, it's going to lead to 20 more. Right. Yep. Yep. And so it's the same thing like with marijuana, right? Like my husband also struggled with that okay. and it was like constant. And I was like, I know marijuana is a plant and it can be a medicine, but I don't think you're using it as a medicine. I think you're using it as a crutch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, he kind of got mad at me a little bit, but then he looked at it and he was like, you know what? You're right. Like I need to like quit. And I was like, Hey, you do you right. Like right. I'm here to support. Right. But, um, with anything that's going on in our life, we really just have to sit back and look at it and ask ourselves why we're doing this and allow, I think we're so intelligent and our bodies know, yep. and just to allow ourselves to feel whatever it is. So if it's shame or it's guilt, just allowing yourself to feel what that is and let it come up. And you might get a memory of when you were four and someone made you feel like shame because you did something in a different way or an unexpected way that they didn't see, think was right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't think like even with our parents, like I don't think our parents like mean to fuck us up. They just do because they're just doing what they know. And when we know better, we do better. But if we don't know better, we can't do better. Right. We're we're just doing the best we have with the knowledge and the tools we possess at the time. And so like even like with my parents, like my parents didn't mean for me to like, you know, develop an eating disorder and have right. like all of this trauma and all of these wounds. Like my dad thought he was doing a great job. Like he. <laughs> He really did. But because of the way I was, how sensitive and how like intuitive I was, mm. I just, I soaked up everything so much different than my brothers did mm. because I was just, I was super sensitive Trisha, <laughs> but he didn't know that at the time. Right. Mm. So it's just kind of like, I have all the compassion for my dad in the world. Like I know why he did what he did. Does it make it okay? No, but it's still my responsibility to go in and heal that and know that I'm still worthy of like success and love and like all of these things, even though I felt that he maybe didn't think I deserved all those things. Right. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? It does. It does. Again, it goes back to you, I guess, in your growing, having to develop yourself as being the center of the universe and seeing, yeah, you know, seeing everybody for, there's a, there's a great freedom, I guess, that comes from understanding that everybody acts solely from themselves and everything they do is a, is a reflection of their, their internal, right? And we're just, oh, and projection the, yeah. is essentially what I'm talking about, but it, it oh, a hundred percent, right? You break those Yeah, I trees. know where you're going to Yeah. Well, and that's another thing, right? Like how you said a reflection. So we can also take that, like if somebody's doing something that's true or you were making you upset, you can take that and be like, okay, well, how is this inside of me right now? Because most people we don't like are reflecting a version of ourselves that we also don't like. So we get upset at them because they're triggering our shit. And so we're like, get the fuck out of my face. I don't like you. True. True. I like, I, um, I have a teacher right now, actually, that I used to hate her. Like I used to think <laughs> she was like so fucking annoying and I right. just couldn't stand her. I was, she was so loud and she was just like, just so like this embodiment of like femininity. And it was because I was like, I was repressing like my femininity mm. and I wasn't loud because I was afraid to speak up and I was afraid to use my voice. So she like, like, triggered all this shit inside of me so i didn't like her and now i think she's like so amazing and i'm like wow i'm so happy i let you trigger me because wow <laughs> did i do some healing because of that right well right? yeah you should pay pretty close attention to what's triggering you probably oh 100 percent. yeah do you 
Do you think too, like I had a sense of on this, I guess it's a healing or, or a, I don't know what it is, a journey toward the center of the self or whatever it is, is like where the, where the trauma and the pain lived, that was actually where the answer was. Oh, a hundred percent. So that's, so I believe like the trauma, the wound, the pain point, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that's where the, that's also where the medicine is. Right? right. And so that's where you have to go. And most people avoid that because they don't want to go there because they don't, most people are not taught how to feel their emotions. Mm-hmm. Right. We're always taught like, you know, to like not deal with it, not feel it, to run from it, to like, you know, work harder, do whatever you got to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, I know people that are like obsessive with like their gym workouts and it's to a point that it's like, yeah, that can be healthy, but it can also be unhealthy because you're using this as a way to not deal with your trauma and not deal with it with your wounds. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, I just find it really interesting how we're so resistant to what we actually like need and what we actually want. Right. Like if you were to give in, Mm -hmm to like your what you truly needed in your heart like where would that take you it would probably mm-hmm. take you somewhere that you that's where you want to be but you don't actually want to like feel those things i just the human brain fascinates me <laughs> well yeah and you have to wonder why is that was it always that way probably not i think it's it's kind of a romanticized thing but like but way back in the day let's even before the agricultural revolution when we were hunter gatherers there was no time for any of this bullshit that we're talking about it was staying alive Period. Well, and see, and that's the thing, right? That's where like that fight and flight comes from. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I don't want to get eaten by a bear. So I got to be on guard all the time because in case that bear comes, I need to take the fuck off. Right. Mm-hmm. And that makes total sense. Right. And so there's like, I think too, like this, like, I don't know, this like DNA or like psychological, like imprint that's in us mm-hmm. from those days, a hundred percent where it was like, you know, food was scarce and you right. had to be careful because you could be getting hunted by a cougar. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Nobody wants that. Nobody no. wants that. <laughs> and right. so this like, okay, um, we're not, so our bodies though, they, like our bodies don't know the difference between like, we're being like overworked and like stressed out about work issues mm-hmm. or we're being hunted by a cougar. Like our bodies don't know that. So right. it's the same kind of like stress response. So people nowadays we're releasing all this cortisol all the time because we're stressed out all the time. Right. right. And so it's burning people out. It's like burning people the fuck out. (laughs) And it's also like, it's taking like that kind of like, I don't know. People just like, don't know how to like relax and unwind and de-stress now. Right. Like people are always working or always on their phone, Mm -hmm. which is also adding to stress. Right. Because even like for myself, like I'll go on my phone and I'll be exponentially more stressed out than I was like (laughs) 10 minutes ago before I didn't go on (laughs) it. Plus you're baking your, your retinas, right? Like you're, you're squinting at this minute image. Oh, I know. I, and that's like, that can be like a totally different thing too. Right. Which also affects the pineal gland, right. It's like the light that we're using. And I actually made it like my husband switch all of our lights in our house. Cause I was like, I read this article about how like led lights are so bad for your pineal glands. And like, especially for children. And I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Think of the children. Yeah, and that's how I always get them. I'm like, yeah, but the kids, right. honey, the kids. Right. We're we're fucked, but think of the children. There's still a chance. Yeah. <laughs> um, he actually he laughed at me and he's like, okay, well, if you really want to go that route, like we can we can like nail freaking candles into all the walls and we can like burn the house down if you really want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also maybe, you know, like I, I wanted to put together a list, maybe you can help me, of all the ways that modern society is actually destroying the human 
body. Oh my God. And I wonder if, if, if uh, like, this sounds crazy. Well, maybe it isn't. To return to, like, small group living, to, re- to return to living on the land, I think, oh. I don't see a way forward in which these gigantic uh, urban urban settings, with the way politics is, with the way the food supply is, I don't see a way out that isn't ultimately uh, <laughs> apocalyptic, you know? <laughs> well, that's why, honestly, that's truly why I believe what's happening right now is happening because things need to change, right? Mm. And like we we're talking about, change is not something that's easy. It's difficult and it's hard. So right. collectively, we have to change. This is why it's happening around the whole fucking world right. because we need to change. Like what's going on? The system is not broken. The system is doing exactly what the system was designed to do, mm. in my opinion. Yep. Um is and so it's like people say the system's broken i'm like no not really it's doing exactly what it was meant to do right like and i agree with you i think people would be so much more help happier and healthier if we went back to those groups people are like so much in this like dog eat dog mentality where people don't open up and people don't share and i personally i don't mind sharing my story now like i've healed a lot of shit i'm still healing some stuff but mm-hmm. i personally i like healing i like sharing my story so people realize that like yeah i was really fucked up at one point in time <laughs> and so if they're feeling really fucked up they can do it too and i think if we go back to like just even living on the land so i live in the country and honestly i think i'd go mental if i lived in the city mm. um just because of how like um sensitive i am to things And so going outside, like, especially when I'm feeling like frazzled, the first thing I'll do is I'll go outside and I'll either lay on the ground or I'll spend some time barefooted in the ground because of like the earth, right? The, the energy the earth puts out and like, there's actual like a scientific term for it. I can't remember what it's called. It might be called earthing. I can't remember, but the energy that the earth puts out is healing for us. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're literally being like stripped away from that. So people used to come together in ceremony and gather. Women used to come together and gather and like help each other. And now it's like, no, you need to be the super mom. You need to have it all together. You need to be working. You need to be taking care of the house. You need to be doing this and that and the other thing. And it's the same thing like with men too. It's like, you have to do this and this and this and this and have all your stuff together and then still be strong and not cry and feel your feelings. Okay, good. But you can drink as much as you want to cope with that pressure by the way that's yeah, fine drink as much as you want smoke as many cigarettes as you want you know eat as much mcdonald's because you're so busy and you like you deserve to eat out right mm-hmm. it's like all of these things that society has done like has, is so fucked up right so even let's talk about the lockdowns okay so yeah everything was locked down but what was still open mcdonald's wendy's and w all the shit that's going to kill you the liquor stores you know they were still selling gas yeah, or they still, were still selling yeah. um cigarettes i meant sorry yeah. and so it's like that stuff's okay, but we have to shut down the gyms. We have to shut down, you know, massages and like acupuncture and, Mm -hmm. you know, different things like that, which is literally like mind blowing to me (laughs) because it's like how, if this was a true like pandemic where the government cared about our health and wanted us to be super safe and like super, like feel super awesome. You think they would mandate fucking vitamin D zinc, um, curcumin, like all of these things, uh, quercetin that like help us. Right. But they didn't do that. Right. Instead, they told us that if, you know, we're thinking this way, then we're like a danger to fucking society. (laughs) And it's like, what? (laughs) Like how, and like, I mean, like the censorship on Instagram, like Instagram, like threatened to delete my account. Oh, really? Um, because like, really, I was only sharing stuff about, um, 
like healing, right? And developing your intuition. So why would Instagram want to delete my account because of that? That's fine. I find that super fucking interesting. And like I had shared this thing, oof, it was a long time ago now, but it was about how um, Pfizer, their vaccine trials, their safety trials were not over until like 2023 or something. Right. And Instagram plagued it and took it down as like, like the fact checkers took it down because it was false contact. But I was like, it's not like, that's like, that's fact. It's true. So it's just like, to me, I find that really interesting that there it's like, to me, it's the modern day book burning, right? Uh, um, because it's like, why are we taking information away? If what you were saying was so true and so provable, why aren't you proving it? And why are, why are you not allowing the other side to make themselves look like clowns? Right. <laughs> and so it's, to me, it's this like censorship of information and like even different things. So my husband last summer, he was in the hospital for five days because he was, um, he was having a, um, ulcerative colitis attack and they didn't know what was wrong with him at the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we live all the way out by cameras in Metaspin. So he went to the Metaspin hospital and they gave him antibiotics. They didn't have any idea what was wrong with him. They're just like, Oh, you just have a gestational like upset. You Mm -hmm. take his antibiotics. You'll be fine. So he took the antibiotics. Um, was not fine. Um, he lost 30 pounds in like two weeks. And so, he went to the potassium and they were like, well, we can get you in for like a scan in two more weeks. And then I was like, Peter, you can't wait two weeks. Like you could be dead in two weeks. Like you look like you're dying. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, he was like, well, that's like what I feel like. Like, I feel like I'm dying slowly. And I was like, you look like death right now. Like he had no color. He was Mm. like, he's not a super big guy to begin with. So he's like literally like skin and bones at this point. And he went to the hospital. So he went all the way to Edmonton. So I was like, go to the U of A and do not leave until they find out what the fuck is wrong with you. And because of COVID, he could only go by himself and right. it was his whole mess, yep. um, which is also like, I could go into a fucking rant about how people are like dying alone and like the elderly community and all this other stuff, which is also right. like a huge issue. Um, but uh, the point of my story is, so we went there, they, they did the scan. He was admitted into the hospital right away because they found out he was having an aggressive ulcerative colitis attack. And so they put him on steroids, helped him out. Amazing. Okay. Super happy with the modern, the modern medical system at this point. I was like, okay, amazing. (laughs) He saved his life. Right. But then they proceed to tell him he has to take these giant fucking horse pills for the rest of his life (laughs) because his immune system is going to keep attacking him. Hmm. And so he needs to take these pills. So he looks at me and I'm like, don't worry about it. Just shake your head and say, okay. And so my husband is not really like that. Um, he was just like, yeah, but can I like change my diet and like the way that I'm doing things so that my body doesn't need these pills? And the doctor's like, no, 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 you can eat whatever you want. You just, just keep taking these pills. And so um, my husband is also an electrician. So we had to get a note from our doctor so mm-hmm. that the benefits would cover going to the natural path. Right. And so he went to the natural path, talked to the natural path and um, legally they're not allowed to say like you're, you like get off this medication or whatever, they get in big trouble. But she was like, you just do what you feel is right. I'm not telling you what to do and not to do. Um, <laughs> so he got like a food sensitivity test done. Okay. And so we cut out all those foods that were not good for him. And we started buying like hundred percent organic. Everything was like home cooked. He cut out beer um, cause he was also drinking a lot of beer, like not a lot, but he would have like a beer every day mm-hmm. and not good beer, like cheap fucking like superstore beer. <laughs> and so, 
like the lucky brand or oh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he did that. So we cut out all of that and literally, so he literally took those pills for like the first month while mm-hmm. he was still like, cause he had to wean himself off the steroids right. as well. So he took the big horse pills along with the steroids that he was weaning himself off for the month. And then, um, once he was done, um, we were doing like this, we switched our whole diet thing around and he, that was a year ago and he doesn't take those pills anymore and he is completely fine. And he can be like, Oh, you know what? My stomach feels a little off right now. I need to make sure that I'm eating like super clean right now because my stomach just feels a little bit weird. Hmm. And, but he has been totally fine. And even our doctor was like, well, I'll give you the note for the natural path, but you have to promise me you're going to keep taking those pills. And like, Peter was like, yeah, of course I'm not stupid, but he hasn't taken those pills since. And they told him that he had to take those pills for the rest of his life. And so I just, I think that's like a huge way that our society is broken, that we're pushing antibiotics, that we're pushing pills because the pharmaceutical company makes money off of you being sick. So why would they want you to get better? Right? Like, yes. and so that was like, I just think it's such a huge thing because it's like, we had to do all the research and like, I've been into natural like health for a long time. So I was just like, yeah, we're going to go see this person. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. But like to get even to that point, like I had to do so much research. There was so much shit going on with me that I had to figure out by myself. And I like, that's how I lost my faith in the medical system. Cause I was like, I am not crazy. There's something fucking wrong with me. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, they just were like, no, 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 you're fine. Like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) And so, but by working with like my naturopath and like, you know, taking care of my body and like Mm -hmm. taking probiotics and like all of these things, like my body has never felt better, but the modern medical system teaches us like, no, 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 we don't need anything except the pills that they prescribe us. Mm. Even like, I remember when I was like 18, I was getting like chronic bladder infections and my doctor just kept giving me like the antibiotics for them. Right. Mm -hmm. And now I look back and I'm like, how damaging was that to my body to like keep taking these antibiotics? And not once did my doctor was like, "Hmm, this is interesting. You keep getting bladder infections. We should probably look into it. Right. Right. So that's like, to me, it's such a big one because like, I just think that like food is literal fucking medicine. Mm -hmm. What we put into our bodies, we become like what you put in, you get out. So if you're putting in shit, you're going to get out shit. Right. And I think that's like, even like lots of like our healthcare professionals, you look at them and you're like, oh my God, like you're not healthy. Why am I taking like health advice from you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair I agree with most of what you're saying in theory, I think. I think modern medicine has saved a lot of lives too, obviously. Oh, 100%. 100%, right? Like I get my arm cut off from in a car accident. Pump me full of whatever you got to pump me full of to keep me alive, right? Like 100%. But I'm talking about like the, big pharma. you know. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like big pharma. Like even like with like cancer and stuff, like with chemotherapy and stuff, like if you look at like the death rates and the statistics, if you get like chemotherapy, like how long you have to live after that, I find it really interesting that there is no other way. And like, I looked like there's like a patent in the States that has like the cure for AIDS and the cure for cancer. And it's like, yet this is not available. Like why is all this stuff going out? Like that goes into like some deep conspiracy shit, but, um, (laughs) which is a totally different episode. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) I just find it really interesting that anything that actually works costs like an arm and a leg. Yeah we should be a little suspicious of that probably. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I had something for you. 
I was just curious about your husband's issue. What foods was it that, that again, that we're not giving medical advice on this show, but in your case, what was it that wasn't, that was, it was inflammation. Okay. Is that ultimately the issue? Yeah, it was inflammation essentially that caused. So he was eating foods that weren't agreeing with him. And mm. I honestly, I think the biggest one was beer Damn. Um, because now he's still um, one of the things that I think I'm trying to think what the number one thing was. There was an ingredient in beer that was on his list and it was pretty high up there. And so now he buys rice beer and like, he tries to find like the organic um, gluten-free beer as well. And he can have those and there's no issues like whatsoever. He, he definitely doesn't drink as much beer as he used to, um, but he can have those beers and there's no issues mm. at all whatsoever. And on like another food too was cauliflower. And we really? used to eat like so much cauliflower. Huh. And so now we just, he just doesn't eat it if we have cauliflower, but it's just, it's really interesting because it wasn't like a huge I wouldn't say it was a huge shift because we ate pretty relatively healthy before. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just cutting out like the foods that were like super inflammatory for him and that were causing his body to like go into this reaction. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And like, again, though, he now is the one that's like, Oh, like he listens to his body and his body either says yes or no. And he listens to that instead of just ignoring it. Right. Because he was having issues prior to this happening Mm -hmm. and um, he just wasn't listening. Right. But also when we were trying to figure out what was going on, we had like multiple doctor's visits. He kept bringing up to the doctor. He's like, are you sure you don't think I have colitis? And the doctor's like, no, that's impossible. <laughs> and he, so it's like intuitively he knew what was wrong with him. It's just the doctors weren't listening. Mm-hmm. He- so I find that also interesting just from like an intuitive perspective that he was able to say that and be like, no, like, I think this is going on. <laughs> you know, I see an interesting parallel there with modern medicine, with the same way society treats pornography. Oh. It, there's, there's a lot of voices crying out about the fact that that's wrong. It, it's something maybe you shouldn't consume or you should, you should really moderate your consumption of it. And there's voices saying, Oh, it's totally healthy. You know, look at it and jerk off every day. If you like, you know, when I was, I don't look at it anymore. And, and you know, if I do relapse, let's say, or if I do <laughs> indulge myself, <laughs> I can feel, I can literally feel my energy leaving me. So with pornography, like it's scientifically proven that it like eats dark matter in the brain or maybe it, like, I can't remember how it was, but it like, it fucks up your brain, like on a oh, scientific, I'm it sure it fucks does. up your brain yeah. because it's, it's not actually real. Right. And so what it does is it takes away what like sex actually is and it like put something else in there. And so you're not, you'll never essentially be satisfied with real sex or real mm-hmm. life because mm-hmm you've been shown this thing that's not actually true. Does that make sense? Oh, and yeah. then you're in a spectator's so like, position, you know, you're, yeah. you're watching. And so I find it really interesting, like, especially like for teenagers it's super important that they're not because it literally fucks up the development of their brain when they're like watching it. And mm-hmm. it like, it, like you said, you felt the energy, like leave your body because it's personally, I think pornography is kind of like, designed to kind of suck the energy out of you like it's another way as like like society is like fucking fucking us up right they're putting all this stuff out there Mm -hmm. and like you could go into the back end of pornography too and go into like the the human trafficking involved in all this pornography and like Pornhub and all that stuff too Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um and like if you go and you look into it it's like insane the amount of like 
human trafficking involved in all of this. That's not really like, um, talked about. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and it's like, that also is being censored like crazy on Instagram. You can't talk about that stuff. Oh really? And it's, um, it's, it's to me, it's just so fascinating how this kind of like all it's all intertwines, right? Like all the things that are really bad for us are being pushed Mm -hmm. as like, yo, do this. This is super good for you. But all the things that are good for us are being censored and we're being told not to listen to like conspiracy theories. Right. So I just, it's interesting. It's just interesting. It is. (laughs) It is interesting. I think everything from human trafficking and slavery to social media, to even the way capitalism exploits, and I'm not a Marxist, but the way it exploits the laborer, um, mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. There's, there's, the global society yeah. generally uses human energy to function, period. And we just are giving it, giving it, giving it away to the system. Well, and see, I think, honestly, on like a spiritual level, I think we are so much more powerful than we think we are. And we believe in what we've been taught, right? Like, right. you look into like, you go into like the deeps of history that we were never taught in school, right? If you go into like, you know, how the pyramids were made and like all of these like, like there was clearly a technology that was invented or alive that we're not privy to. Like, and yes. you can go into that. Um, oh, I don't know the church. I can't, the Venetian or the, what, not the Venetian, that the hotel in Vegas, the <laughs> also, Vatican, that's what it is. Vatican, yeah. Venetian, <laughs> okay, also sorry, a good always, time. I, yeah. yeah, no, I always, I always like mess up those two. And my husband's like, no, 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 Trisha, no, <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> but um, so the Vatican has like, I think it's like, I can't remember. It's like, two miles or something worth of books that we they've kept from the public that we're not allowed to see about history and stuff. And like my husband's done like lots of research into this mm-hmm. and it's really interesting. So it's like, why aren't we allowed to see all of those books? Why, why can't we read those books? Right. And I do think that we are like untapped from like our source or like our energy yeah. of like where we came from. Like, it's like, it's like we hit our head and we forgot the fucking past. Right. Right. And I think now we're in a time of like getting back connected to that, which is why like all this shit is happening and all this shit is coming up mm-hmm. because we're like getting back connected to our source and our energy. Like, I think we're so fucking powerful and we have been told that we're not powerful and we're being given these things that drain our energy, like porn and cell phones and like McDonald's and like all of these <laughs> other things, right. That's that it. literally like drain our energy. And so when we're healed and we're feeling empowered and we're in our energy, we are like, we're fucking powerful human beings, right? Like I have literally manifested shit into my life that I'm like, how the hell did I do that? Like what kind of fucking energy was I in to like bring this into my life and how can I re like recreate that? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I find it so fucking interesting, right? Like if, if you have had a bad day, it's usually not just one bad thing that goes wrong. It's like these repetitive things that go wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's because you're in this like energy vortex of like doom and gloom. So you're like bringing all this shit into you, but you can also be in the energy vortex of bringing all the good shit into your life. Right. So what happens when we tap into that energy and that kind of like connection to source or whatever you want to call like the universe, God, like whatever you want to call it. Right. What happens when we fully connect right into that? Right. Why is like, you know, the system, so to speak, trying to calcify our pineal glands and feed us all of this shit food. Like what's really going on? Like I am somebody 
that likes to really kind of like dig deep into like what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. I find it incredibly fascinating that the same people that control like the media also control pharmaceuticals and control the school systems. I find it very interesting that they're the same people controlling all of these like major um, things that yeah. are really important in society, right? Yeah. And yeah. so it's just, yeah, you've got to like ask yourself those questions and do the digging and go down those rabbit holes, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. You have to be the source of your own knowledge. And I think you're, I think what you were getting at is correct is that there was a time when humans were uh, infinitely powerful and we were tapped mm-hmm. into, I consider it something like the, the flow of energy in the universe, yeah. you know, it flows through us, uh, you know, and you ask why, why are we being cut off from that? Well, it's very profitable and it's, it's very easy to manage people who are, uh, but it's just castrated like, it's in like, some ways. Well, it's even like deeper than that. I think like, I literally think people are being kind of like harnessed for their energy, so to speak. Right. Because yes. you stay like, you feel drained when you do those things. So it's like, is something literally like taking your fucking energy or taking your life force from you while you're doing that? Possibly. Cause it's, I, I find that incredibly interesting because even with myself, like when I'm on my phone and I'm on Instagram looking at stupid shit that doesn't matter, I will feel drained. And I'm just like, this is really interesting that I like literally have no energy left. Like, I don't want to move right now. So what the fuck just happened? What the fuck just happened is right. Well, (laughs) I know what happened. We had a pretty good conversation there. I'll say that. I appreciate your time. Oh, I, I love having conversations with people that are like open to this shit and they're mm-hmm. just not like, you're nuts. You need to go get checked in. Okay. <laughs> no, we're all nuts. But that's the thing is the more nuts you are perceived to be is you're probably closer to being on the path to the truth. Well, that's like, even like with my posts on Instagram, I always say, stay weird, my friends, stay, stay weird. Because <laughs> it's like embracing that weirdness and that like, whatever that weirdness is for you and just like embracing it because that's like your magic. And that's going to be like your essence. That's going to bring forth whatever it is you want to create into this world. Absolutely. I think we should take one minute to touch on that before we, before I let you go. Matt, oh, 100%. I, without going into insane amount of detail and you can, uh, I think manifesting manifesting is real, isn't it? Because there was something I once wanted so badly, and for years I just wanted it, and then it happened one day. It was like, huh. So, okay, so manifesting is this whole thing, okay? So lots of people think, like, if you just, like, want it, it happens, and that's not necessarily how manifesting works, okay? okay? So personally for me, I like to write down the goal or whatever I'm trying to manifest. Okay. And then you think it, you become it, you feel it. Okay. So that's where the magic is, is when you're feeling it, like you can feel yourself in that situation. So Mm -hmm. I believe we're kind of like in this like quantum reality. Okay. That like, if you look into quantum physics and like the creation of like reality and how that works, it's Mm -hmm. super fascinating. Um, but there's like, the past is happening at the, at the same time the present is and the same time the future is like, it's all happening right now. And it's about like, there's like a a reality of myself that went down this road and there's a reality of myself that went down the other road. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the reality of yourself of like, okay, I want to move into this dream house. This is my dream house that has already happened. If you can think it, it's happening on another like dimension or quantum Uh, realm, whatever you want to think. Right. It's like literally like even, when I want to feel like super powerful and super confident for super successful, I'm like, okay, there's a version of Trisha out there that gives no fucks about what no one thinks. Mm -hmm. And she is just all in her awesomeness. Mm -hmm. And so I will connect to that version of myself and I'm like, okay, I can fucking feel it. Like I can feel this magic. I can feel it. And it's, 
you do that with manifesting. So it's like that version of yourself that already has that thing that you want or desire Mm -hmm. is out there. So by you connecting to whatever it is you want and feeling those feelings inside your body and you're like, wow, I just bought this new house. Like it's fucking amazing. Like I came up with the money and it happened and it was so seamless and so easy. And it's literally you becoming what you want right now, even though you don't have it and like keeping that faith and Mm -hmm. keeping like visualizing is such a powerful tool that people don't utilize. Mm -hmm. If you can visualize it, right. Cause people, they don't visualize and they don't like dream because they're scared to fail or they're scared that it won't happen and they don't want to be disappointed. So they don't allow themselves to dream. Right. Right. So our intuition, everything we want, it all lies in like our imagination, right. Mm -hmm. Where things make no fucking sense. Right. But where magic can really happen. So if you allow yourself to be like, you know what, I'm fucking going to get there. I don't know how I'm going to get there. Right. And that's part of like the universe helping you out. So Mm. life wants to be constantly created. Right. Like the purpose of life is to be created and to keep creating. So that's why we create like situations in our life that are what we're constantly feeling. So if you're like default, energetic default is like you're in a shitty mood and always looking to be pissed off. Mm -hmm. The universe will always bring you things and situations in your life for you to be pissed off at because that's what your like energetic default is. That's where, that's what you're attracting in. Right. And if you are like a super happy, bubbly person, you're like, you pretty optimistic. You look at the good, the universe will constantly bring you more of that stuff. And so it's the same thing with manifesting. And it's like, so you want the new house or you want the new car, you want the dream job or whatever it looks like. Mm Just literally imagining yourself in that position all the time, feeling those feelings, feeling how it would feel to be, you know, living in this new house or working your dream job or getting that promotion. Because what will happen is then you will start to unconsciously do things in your life that is going to bring that closer, right? Whether it's like an action step or whether, you know, the universe was just like, you know what, you need to call so-and-so or whatever. Right. And you call so-and-so and they're like, yeah, I have this hookup or I have this link. And it leads to all of these crazy things. Cause usually it doesn't happen in the way that you thought it would. It usually happens in a completely different way. And you're like, how the fuck did this just happen? Right. <laughs> because it's not your job is not to figure out how that's kind of like the universe's job. They'll figure out the how your job is to figure out like the why and the what. So why do you want it? And what are you going to do with it? And like, what is it? Right. (laughs) And so a lot of people are just unconsciously and unintentionally creating what they don't want because they're focusing on all the bad shit in their life. Like, Oh, I have no time. Or I have, um, I always have a million things to do or my house is always a mess. Right. Right. And if that's what you're constantly thinking, that's what you'll constantly do. But if you're like, you're like, you know what, I'm going to switch this. My house is clean all the time. I feel I have all this energy. I'm like super excited. Then you will start to literally become that because it's what you're attracting into your life. So even like on a scientific level, like our brain, it always wants to be right. And so Mm -hmm. we, our brain will just guide us to things so that we're right. Even if it's not necessarily something that we want or like a good situation, if that makes sense. No, that's all. I think that if there's anybody still listening, what you just said was so fun, (laughs) (laughs) was so fundamentally important. (laughs) <laughs> it's not your it's fault. It's been a long conversation. Well, sh- We're happy you're still here. We're sh- so we, grateful. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. What you're saying is like, the, it's all right there. I hope people are listening. I the, the depth and the potential of the human spirit is endless. And if you can tap into what you're talking about, visualizing it and, and literally the multiverse, it sounds like 
you can have whatever you desire if you if you align yourself in the right way. Is that accurate? Yeah, a hundred percent. There's actually um, there's a book. It's called A Happy Pocket Full of Money. Okay. And it's not just about money, but it talks a lot about like the quantum physics of things. It's super fascinating, and I recommend if you have not read that, you read that book because it will literally blow your mind. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, we can do a quick goodbye and just like a like a, a stage goodbye because then you can don't don't just hang up. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> it, it has happened on the show, but anyway, yeah. It's well, like you're on a radio program. <laughs> I know. And it's like, oh, they're gone. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. That was weird. The whole thing was weird. Um, Trisha, I thank you for your time. I know you. we went a little long, but I think it was worth it. Um, yeah, I couldn't ask for more. This was a great one. Um, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me, Patrick. It was an awesome conversation. I was so thrilled to kind of jump into these topics with you. So thank you so much for having me. Beautiful. And yeah, best of luck uh, in your in your your new website, your new business. And I hope your son uh, gets well soon and starts doing his own homework. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. He appreciates it. <laughs> right on. Okay. Have a good night. Okay. You too. Thanks for listening, folks.